0: today's show is a very special episode it is fast food comics it is all about what we consume as we consume our comics you know you've done it you've had the quarter pounder the double double the gordita the mexican pizza the 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 baja blast Freeze, you guys, my career is marked with key moments at key fast food joints, and I'm going to take you through each and every one of them, and I'm going to show you how resonant those memories were, along with those very crisp, crispy crinkle fries, all the different people who are sitting across from me in those booths, maybe some really giant, important decisions were made along the way, for X-Works, for New Mutants, for Image Comics, I'm sharing it all with you on a very special episode of today's Robservations. Hey everybody, this is Rob Liefeld and you are listening to Robservations, my nutty podcast about comic books and pop culture and everything in between. It's a giant pop culture sandwich out there and you know it and speaking of sandwiches, this may be... My favorite podcast I've ever done because it was Eureka moment. It was Eureka moment for me during one of our last podcasts when the subject of, uh, of fast food came out and chicken sandwiches. And I said, I'm going to do a whole episode on this. And then it hit me how how intertwined and important, at least to my life, fast food has been to comic books. And we're going to have a fun time getting down and yes, getting greasy, a little salty too as we review some important fast food connections to, to, to at least my career and, 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 and one more along the way. So hang with me today. Uh, this is going to be a good one because guys, we all, we all eat fast food. We all, we all want to believe that we're eating better and we're eating healthier. And, and look, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, uh, there's you got to eat good. Okay. As I, as I, as I'm smiling and almost ready to like crack up. I can't, (laughs) I can't even say it with a straight face. Look (laughs) during the pandemic, my uh, beautiful wife and, and mother of my three children who were all trapped, especially in those early six months of the pandemic when we didn't know if the tree or the flower or what, what, what was going to infect us. We were eating, uh, eating at home. And my wife, uh, became just an exceptional, Cook and she made numerous amazing, you know, uh fish dishes, salmon, uh all, all different, you know, di- different white fish. Uh she 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 learned to make pad thai. She made all these different uh great meals for our kids because at the time I was like, we're not going and getting fast food. We don't know who's touching that food in the times of COVID. You know, but about two or three months in, I'm like, I, I have to have an In-N-Out burger. It's it's over. I'm I'm taking that risk. And they're like, Dad, what? Because because I had made such a big deal out of it. And then they were they were all they weren't listening to me anyway. It's not like they weren't driving out and you know getting getting whatever was available a, at the time. But but the bottom line, they really did look forward to every dinners were a big deal. The steaks my wife made, the the the, the pad thai, the different curry. She started making all these different curry dishes for the kids. So again. You know, my family, my kids, you have kids and you're like, we got to, we got to eat them healthy, even though the flat, the fast food options are so funny, but I'm going to tell you right now, the origin of this story, the origin of why we are having a fast food comic book episode. Okay. And and come on, man, you should already be on the edge of your seat. You should already be on the edge of your seat. This is the best hour you're ever going to listen to because you're going <laughs> to, you're going to be hungry. <laughs> You're gonna be hungry by the end of this episode, okay? So, so uh, I'm I'm already hungry. I, you know, um, did I have fast food before I got on the the, the 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 air with you today? We'll see. So, the origin of this is about four or five years ago. One of the more, let's say, their view of themselves. I'm not sure if the fans view them, but they they view themselves as a more polished, uh, film pop culture news site. They with good reason. They got a lot of great interviews. They got a lot of great notices. They did, um, you know, they were putting out really good content. This, you know, they viewed themselves, you know, a a high rise news site, a a a posh news site. Well, there was another news site that was coming on like gangbusters. And I remember at the time, I think it was Baja Blast Freeze. Now, look, who doesn't remember when they discovered Baja Blast, because Mountain Dew was has been a super important part of my life since I was a wee young lad, maybe seven, when I had my first Mountain Dew. And then it was like right around that time that they started doing huge ad buys. And you can look, look up those old YouTube Mountain Dew commercials. And it's kids on rope swings going into the lake dropping into the water, coming out and because Mountain Dew, it's dew, it's water. We have to mix the two, you know, you know, imagery and and kids would come out and they, you know, crack a can of Mountain Dew and guzzle it down. And uh, look, Mountain Dew was my preferred drink of all time. It is got that sweet taste and that high octane caffeine kick. Okay. So, you know, guilty as charged, but Baja Blast was an exclusive flavor that was only at Taco Bell. And I'm going to say this all happened about 16 years ago, but the Baja Blast freeze was a news break. Well, this other pop culture, you know, film site made, made a news break of it, made a couple of them. I think I had a couple different, you know, tweets and notices, Baja Blast freeze. And I mean, Basically, you're doing a news story about a Slurpee, but I wanted to hear about it. Matter of fact, I heard about it because that news site and I get it because um, we're we're walking down memory lane real quick. Again, all those places I bought my comics, you didn't think I grabbed. I walked out with a Mountain Dew or a Squirt or a Sprite or a 7-Up. I really like the the limey stuff. I was never a big Pepsi or Coke guy, but I, I love the, I love orange. I love fruity, tangy, limey sodas. And boy, did I love them as a kid. And 7-Eleven was, you know, the, the major chain that was doing the Slurpees when I was a kid. There was the certain uh, gas stations had Ices, Ices, but Seven Eleven, had the Slurpee. 7-Eleven had more flavors. You bought comics, you bought a, you bought a Slurpee, especially on any given summer, spring day. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, I've told you how the first chapter of the Corvax saga I bought at a 7-Eleven and I immediately went over and had an Egg McMuffin and McDonald's hash browns like before 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning because that was like a little treat. Like, like that was a little weekend treat. My mom would like only let us go to McDonald's and have McDonald's breakfast on Saturdays. And so that was a big deal. But I mean, my greasy paws were trying not to get stains all over that copy of uh, maybe it's Avengers 167, 168. It's in that that vicinity. Um, one, you know, maybe it's one seventy three. I don't know, but I, I feel I feel like I'm I'm in the range there. So, so I'm, I'm you know, fast food and comic books have always been something that 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 at least I have subscribed to. And come on, all of you listeners, all of you who have stood in front of me in Arizona, in Orlando, in uh, in Poughkeepsie, in 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 North Carolina, in in uh, in in Tucson, in Mesa. I mean, come on, all of you guys are, are doing the fast food along with me. You know you are. So 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 th- this one really hits home. So the Slurpees, I mean, I would get a comic book. I'd get an Avengers and an X-Men. I mean, I, I definitely got, you know, issues of, of that, that summer that I celebrate so much where the X-Men were in the Savage Land. I, I think the, the, the cover was Sauron. Maybe it's X-Men 114, 115. That came home with the Slurpee. That rode with me on the bike. What'd you do with the comics? I put them in a folder and I put them, you know, in the little, little, little wedge bars and drove home with them. Cause come on, I've I've covered this also before to those of you who are like, what? There were no bags and boards off spinner racks. If you were buying a comic book in 1977, 78, 79, 80, you're not, you're not getting bags and boards. That's why my stuff on my spinner rack is not bagged and boarded. It is as it appears as I bought it. So, you know, the fun thing is that this is not something that left me. This is a practice that I carried into my, my career. And I can tell you right now, in keeping with this fast food comics dynamic, the most, like the most uh, 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 crystal clear memory of, of fast food and comics I'm about to share with you. But I want to wrap up the fact that this website that was promoting the, the, the Slurpee the, the, the Baja Blast at Taco Bell, the Baja Blast freeze, it was given shade by the other sites. Oh, I can't believe this other site is trying to push stories about fast food. What what, what purpose is this serve? What's going on here? Why? I mean, come on, you can't take them seriously, these other sites said. But they're pushing stories about Baja Blast, and I've already covered. I appreciated it. I dug it. But they were the source of shade. And yet this website did grow exponentially and become extremely popular and I'm going to tell you right now I was going to wait to close with this but they have been my go-to on the fate of the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell okay Taco Bell does a lot of news breaks but lately this site is telling me about you know how the Mexican pizza not only was it back now it's not temporary it's back permanently which did I go and get a Mexican pizza or two or three in the last four months I did and you did too, and and you know that you're tasting it in your mouth right now that crumbly tortilla, that that fried tortilla that's crumbling in your in your mouth. It's a little crispy, and that meat and cheese and the tomatoes. Oh, baby, okay, who hasn't? Who hasn't? You know, come on, read a comic book to that. So, like I said, this one website and the shade that they uh, were given is is something. It bugged me because I'm like they're just serving. The, the, the populace, and you guys, you're going to say this, hey, Liefeld, because I'll, I'll put this in before you can say it to me. The gaming community is even more about this. Like, they have it delivered, you know, you know, Uber Eats or whatever. DoorDash is bringing them their Taco Bell, their Burger King, their Carl's Jr., their McDonald's, their Chick-fil-A, their Canes, okay? I keep going. Um, look, man, fast food comic books. That's what we're here to talk about today. So, so the gaming community, the combo community, come on, we're, fast food people. This is what we do. We eat the double double. Okay. With grilled onions, like I may have done an hour ago. So here's the deal. 1980, 1980, Jean Gray. She dies death of Phoenix, summer comic book. I am mortified, but I choose not to read it. I have driven all the way from my home in Anaheim to Fullerton where my favorite comic store that I had discovered was, because there was a couple of them, but this one, this one fit me the best. And I grabbed at this comic, and I once again put it in my little wedgie. It was that book. There was a killer issue of Avengers, I think had Red Ronan, who was a, a, a villain that was in the Godzilla comic. And I've done an entire dedicated podcast on that Marvel Godzilla comic, and you should listen to it right now. Find it in the menu. Godzilla. I think it was March of 2021. It was around the time of Kong versus Godzilla. And I wanted you guys to know that Marvel had the license for two years. And Godzilla battles the Fantastic Four. He battles the Avengers. It is it, Shield, Nick Fury. It's it's fantastic. But Red Ronin was a robot, giant robot, kind of like a Shogun Warrior. And you're like, what's a Shogun Warrior? That's a whole. Other, actually, I, I I got a stack of these brand new Shogun Warriors. I just. Um, came into possession of, the, 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 the die-cast metal ones that are right off to my side. So I'm, I, I, Mattel made these in the late 70s. They made big giant ones. They made small die-cast ones. Anyway, Red Ronin was a reflection, kind of gave Marvel their own Shogun Warrior, and they had the license to Shogun Warriors as well, which again was a Japanese import that Mattel put forth to young boys in the toy section like myself, and we gobbled them up. But those, that Avengers and that X-Men were two key memories and I was definitely not going to read them in the store. That, that, that X-Men 137, that's a double-sized issue, too. I mean, prime John Byrne, Terry Austin artwork, prime storyline that they'd all been working towards. And uh, I biked three-quarters of the way home to where my favorite Carl's Jr. was. Now, some of you, that is Hardee's in the rest of the country. Out here in Southern California my entire life, and it was started out here in Southern California, uh, by Mr. Carl himself, uh, you know, Carl's Jr. had my favorite french fries. They were crinkly, they were deep fried, they were crunchy. That that was my jam. That was my jam. Some of you who um, are buddies of mine who I see on other coasts have now are like life We've stood in line at food trucks, at conventions with you. Yes, you have. Because you know how much I love the, the curated tastes, okay? And back then in 1980, in summer of 1980, in I believe July or June, end of June, early July 1980, I got in my possession, X-Men 137. I think it was Avengers 198. And I am driving my bike as fast as I can, riding my beach cruiser over the hills because that's a long, you know, I want to say it's almost 10 miles, but that was, you know, regular way... Shorter than when I would go to the, the store I've talked to you guys about, Land and Oz, which was like almost 20 miles down to the beach. So I get back to Carl's Jr. I pull in. I lock up my bike. I am so excited. I've got my folder. I've got my comics in it. Um, those were bagged and boarded because, again, they were purchased at a comic store. So late 1980 is when I discovered the comic stores via the Yellow Pages, which is the you know phone number, uh, uh, basically compendium that they would drop at your door every year and I've, I've covered this in another podcast but that's how I discovered wait back issue comics comic stores there's dedicated comic stores what and they get them earlier the great thing about comic stores also back in the day that's what you you, you were like wait uh, I'm getting the the newsstand just got issue 134 how am I getting 137 like like there's a ju- like direct the direct market got them faster and generally a month later the 7-11s and the newsstand would 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 get them. So that kind of screwed up my cycle for a while, but it also helped when there was a book that was doing that that everyone sold out of and then you'd be like, I can just watch my newsstand and get extra copies, but they're you know, the idea of getting a fresh minty juicy copy from a newsstand has always been kind of fool's gold cuz they don't treat them the way they, the direct market does. So, back to Carl's Jr. pivoting all the way back. I know the booth I sat at, it was the second booth from the door. And I had my cheese, my, my charbroiled cheeseburger, extra ketchup, large fries. My, they only had Sprite because they didn't do Mountain Dew. And I slurped that bad boy as my heart was crushed. As I saw the fate of Jean Grey, as I saw the battle on the dark side of the moon, uh, as I saw the Imperial guard defeat the X-Men. Ah, I was so shocked that all landed on me in a booth at a fast food joint you know, and again, you're trying to not get your greasy paws. Many napkins were used that day to preserve the, the, the touching of the pages, the turning of the pristine pages. Okay. So, so the bottom line is, you know, fast food comics has been a part of my entire comic book collecting life. Whether it's a Slurpee walking home with me with an Avengers 167, 168, 169, 170, 172. I mean, I, you know, I got those 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 Bride of Ultron issues again. That's still newsstand time. That's 1978. That's Slurpee time. That's that's. I mean, it. I guess the sequel to this will be candy because I'm not gonna cover candy today. But oh baby, were Hershey bars and Reese's peanut butter cups and Snickers consumed en route? You know, walking home. So, Carl's Jr. is where, you know, my heart was crushed, and I just sat there and I'm like. I can't believe they just killed Jean Grey. And if you haven't read X-Men 137 and I just spoiled it to you, sucks being you. Um, that, that, that book is 40 years old. And so you should know better. Okay, 42, is it 42? 80, 90, 90. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, so look. I, I sat there in, in my devastation, in my despair, even though those, I can still taste those French fries. They were so crinkly and, 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 and crunchy. And they, they discontinued them like In the mid-80s, they went for the cheaper fries. But man, those Carl's Jr. fries, that was like, okay. We're going to be back to Carl's Jr. soon with another comics professional. That is just one of the first haunts. Did I actually sit in the same booth with this guy? I did. This Carl's Jr. was a dedicated place for um, young Rob Liefeld, whether I was 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. It was adjacent to the mall, and the mall was where I did. That The mall had the dedicated arcade. Uh, like like the kind you see in Stranger Things when they did that season three, I think all based on the new mall and the arcade. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the Anaheim Plaza. That's the Anaheim Mall and the bookstore and the clothing store and the stationery store that had the art supplies. So Carl's Jr. right around there. That is my first and most kind of like, you know, impactful memory. So I am, you know, obviously a, a, a fast food guy and... and, and <laughs> Marat Michaels is going to get mentioned here later. You got to understand, Marat, uh, as my assistant, which I've which I, kind of described as, and, and Marat would, would count this, Marat was uh, wanting to break into comics, and I was already in comics, and I met Marat, and he lived in Los Angeles. And his parents let him make his work three days a week. He would come down, I think it was Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, he would come down to my studio in Fullerton, and he would either... Uh, help spot the black areas of the different pages. He would rule panel borders. He would rule all, any background lines. Uh, he would make copies. He would go on FedEx runs with me. And generally, he was just there to be present and bounce ideas off of But I'm getting ahead of myself. But he can tell you, because maybe some of you, some of you super duper health geeks who are yoked, and, I, and I've i also seen some of you who've, you know, been to my signings and told me you like love your podcast, and I can see that there is also no grease or fast food going into your bodies because your arms are the signs are, are the size of, of of trains i mean they're, they're they're gigantic yoked biceps triceps you guys are clearly fit as all get out you're super fit or as my kids would say fit af except they wouldn't say the af because i'm an old man i did and this is a family show i looked and saw i'm listed as a family show i'm a family show mama so okay the uh Marat can attest to the fact that I did. We did a lot. So I'm just in, in case you have are having a gag reflex at how much fast food I'm uh, sharing with you today. You should probably jump off now. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get more intense and more worse as I go down fast food comics. Because we're start we're gonna start wheeling and dealing here in 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 the face of fast food comics. By the end of this, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna preview you. You just gotta hang on for the ride. Okay, so. The uh, Jim Valentino and I meet. We are introduced by another gentleman named Brian Murray, and we hit it off. We become fast friends. I had been a fan of Jim Valentino's from Normal Man, which I had picked up at that comic store and bought every single issue. I thought what he was doing was Brilliant Normal Man, if you don't know, was Jim's kind of seminal breakout work from Warp Graphics, if I am not uh, mistaken. I believe Warp Graphics published it. Uh, He told the story of Superman kind of in reverse, a a guy without any powers at all lands on a on a planet where everyone has powers. So whereas Superman came to us and stood out with his powers against a sea of humanity and normal folk, uh, normal man lands on a planet uh, on, on a planet that is all super powered, and he's kind of a accountant looking guy. He's got his glasses, his bow tie. It's really it's it's really amazing. Uh, he takes you through every issue as is kind of a walk through some sort of uh, Genre: the, the the Kirby era, the Stan and Jack era, the the, the Silver Age era. He goes to you know uh, the horror era, like the EC comics. He walked. I mean, it's 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 an, it's a masterpiece. I have uh, my trade paper bag of it. It is it is nothing short of a masterpiece, and I dig it. And uh, when I met him, he was working on breaking into more mainstream comics. He had been doing a, uh, I believe the book was called Myth Adventures for also for warp which is an adaptation of a popular fantasy novel and he was looking to pivot and get into doing more comic book uh main mainstream comic book work and he had been he'll tell you uh, at that point he, he felt he felt he had been a little pigeonholed or um, kind of typecast as a humor guy but he wanted to be taken seriously and I'm I'm telling you I watched Jim uh you know submit samples and many times uh you know, I would put the samples in my boxes to wherever my boxes were headed to my editors. And it was nothing, nothing, no big deal. The other day when I was cleaning out my storage unit, I found 11 by 17 uh, uh, penciled Xeroxes of a Metamorpho story that Jim Valentino had done as samples. He had just, you know, when you do samples, you would would create kind of your own scenario in three or four pages that, that shows the character in motion, that you can draw motion, interaction, faces, you know, dramatic situations, and Jim had done that, and the Metamorpho ones were really solid, Metamorpho is a character from DC Comics, in case you're not um, familiar with Metamorpho, who channels all the different, like, elements, he's a really cool looking design, you'd have to actually see him, he's multicolored, but uh, he was trying to do a more serious take, a la the, the take that Alan Moore had done with Swamp Thing. But it was really, really nice, really solid stuff. And imagine that wherever I was sending my stuff to it and the different editors that I was working with at DC Comics, he'd be like, hey, would you stuff these you know, samples in there with a note? Like, hey, here's my buddy Jim, would you take a look at this? And again, I've talked about Mike Carlin and what an absolute douchebag he is before. And imagine getting called one day as, as I send him Hawk and Dove pages and he tells me, stop sending me these samples. I don't want to see these samples coming out of the FedEx box again. From your buddy Valentino. And I was like, wow, what a monster dick. Like, sorry I'm putting, you know, free work by somebody who's trying to break in and and that's so bothersome for you that you have to yell at me for it. You, what a douche. So look, that's fresh in my mind. That will always be fresh in my mind. I can't talk about Valentino's samples without remembering getting yelled at over it. And uh, it's like, hey, if you don't like them, water them up and throw them in the trash, Okay. The best of my knowledge, Mike never gave him a break, but you know what? Did Jim get the last laugh by getting Guardians of the Galaxy, by doing Shadowhawk, by being an image partner? Yes, the biggest laugh. I mean, like I said, this guy is an absolute clown show, and I know there are people who have fealty to him because he gave them killer Superman assignments, but they really were the ones who saved his ass because the book was in the toilet prior to him, and again, the talent delivered. So anyway, like I said, I'd get yelled at over that, but along the lines... Jim and I liked each other so much that we decided maybe we should start and look for a studio together. And when we had that meeting of the minds, when we had that meeting of the minds, it was at a Carl's Jr. Yes, that Carl's Jr. That same booth, eating those fries, eating that hamburger. And the reason it is so resonant to me is, so at this point in time, you know, I am just transitioning from DC to Marvel because Hawk and Dove is over. I've been hired to come work at the X office and Jim is getting some bites from Marvel, not DC, on some short stories and some writing and, and he's, he's getting some, he's getting some life there. And and, there, and there's light at the end of the tunnel in regards to, you know, how his career is going to continue to shape. Uh, I think he may have gotten his first what if assignment and we were talking about how we would, you know, go and work together and, you know, where would our studio be? You know, what are we looking for? And, and it was all at that exact same Carl's Jr. that literally, seven and eight years prior i read the death of phoenix in the exact same booth and the reason i remember it so so much is so this is now uh, if it's 1988 it's three years after i've graduated high school and a girl from high school um came up to say hi to me that i hadn't seen and she was very striking and very uh you know uh she's a very very attractive you know young woman and she was very kind and she was very Hey Rob, how you doing? Good to see you. What have you been up to? What are you doing? And then Jim like remarked on how like she's a knockout. And so I remember I remember very clearly that, you know, that meeting because that's where we were like deciding how we were going to progress. And we did it, you know. Carl's Jr. eating eating hamburgers, french fries, I think. I think Jim may have had the onion rings and let me tell you something, those Carl's Jr.'s onion rings, they are were the best. I'm not sure if they do them anymore. I know they do, and they are great. They are great. I had them in the pandemic, and they're fantastic, okay? So, anyway, Jim and I shack up, and you know what? In the afternoon, when we would go for long walks and talk about our careers and talk about our career steps, and at one point in time, and this has even been covered by Tom Brevoort and his blog, it's long since been pulled down, but there was a period, I think I've done a podcast on it, that we were going to do the Young Avengers, and we had put together a pitch, before the young Avengers before this is before the Jimmy Chung Young Avengers we had been given word that they wanted to utilize Speedball and uh Namorita and I had just drawn Namorita which is submariner Namor's cousin in a new mutants annual. I just wanted this thing so bad. I've covered I've covered the whole story and why it didn't happen and how great it was that it didn't happen for either of us in a separate podcast. But we would walk about four blocks from our studio that we eventually settled on to a 7-Eleven to get snacks in the afternoon, you know, I would get like, you know, uh, uh, like, uh, one of those, uh, like, uh, what are they called? They're like, they're like cupcakes. Um, hostess cupcakes. Yeah. Hostess cupcakes and, and a Slurpee and whatever, you know, I'm, I'm feeding my, my sweet tooth, my, my greasy, uh, you know, my, my greasy tendencies, my, my sugar tendencies and Jim would get, you know, a soda, whatever. And, and then we would walk all the way back. Sometimes we would go to the roof of that building that we were renting, where the two of us were now having a a studio. And uh, because it was only two-story, the building was only two-story, and that first studio that I had with Jim Valentino was so fun. And like I've told you guys, he started his career on Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy in that career. What If Issue 7, we did together uh, in that space. I did both the New Mutants annual and my Amazing Spider-Man annual while I was in that space. I started my first, uh, I I started New Mutants 86. Uh, The reason... Uh, the lease was up and, and I was, um, we, we were there together for about two and a half years. And the reason that I, we no longer shared a studio was because Jim was older and he had four kids and, um, you know, I'm single. Uh, I figured I would drive to him. We found a place that was in garden Grove. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, I figured I'm the younger guy. I can drive the freeway. I can go to garden Grove. I can be there. So I would get there, you know, Early afternoon every day, Jim was already there, and we would just hang out and work till the evening. And he would go home and be with his family. And sometimes I stayed a little later. And uh, and and but but by the time I really was under the gun to to produce, uh, you know, monthly work for New Mutants, I for a couple months worked just in my apartment, and then decided to get the Fullerton studio where Marat would start sharing space with me. And so Jim and I had a really fun two and a half years, and it was, you know, surrounded by various, I mean, almost daily walks to 7-Eleven and Slurpees and Hostess cream pies. And I mean, it was just, again, part of what we were consuming while we were doing what we were doing. And those memories are as vivid to me today as they were then. And so, you know, But the decision to jam together was made at that exact same Carl's Jr. in that exact same booth. And look, there's only three booths on that side of that Carl's Jr. So it was really, I never wanted to sit right next to the door and I don't want to sit next to the trash can. So I was on that. I I was always in the second one from the door. So it just made sense that we were there. And again, it was very memorable because Jim saw this um, girl from high school and was commenting on how remarkably attractive he thought she was. And, uh, and, and look, these are the memories that, and, and he was not, not for himself. He was saying it for me, like, man, you, you should ask her out. Let me make that very clear. He wasn't commenting on it. Like, Hey, she's attractive and I'm into her. No, he was happily married telling me like, you should, you should, you know, ask her out, man. She, she was really nice. And I'm like, uh, you know, just, that's not where my head was at. My head was in comics and doing comics and succeeding at comics. And there was a period where I wasn't even dating at all. And now you've got way too much information continuing on the fast food uh, of it all, Carl's Jr. gets left in the dust as we move to the Fullerton office. And key New Mutants uh, decisions are being made almost on a daily basis. And I feel really bad for Murat because he was a prisoner. <laughs> he was a prisoner to my absolute Taco Bell uh, my, my Taco Bell addiction, and and I I was one hundred percent addicted to Taco Bell. It started when I was a young man, but then their menu expanded, and the best Taco Bell was it, it. It's still there. It's not a Taco Bell. It's been taken over, and it's a private privately owned burger joint now. But the old Taco Bells did look like they were they were constructed purposely by the you know by the franchise to look like you know old kind of Spanish churches. And have that that architecture, and 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 they all had a dedicated like, most everyone that I saw, whether it was in Anaheim or Fullerton or Brea, had these concrete circle, you know, tables with three concrete benches. Murat and I would get our, inch, you know, our 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 um, our our tacos, our burritos, uh, you know, the the cinnamon twists. We'd always get loaded up between 1 and 2, generally between 1 and 2, whenever he came down. And then occasionally, we would go and we would shoot hoops afterwards. But the big revelation, other than once I was taking over the uh, the, the reins uh, 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 as writing the New Mutants as well, and was ready to completely just unload all of these new characters. I mean, deep discussions about Shatterstar. How I was going to connect him to the Mojo verse, how I was going to directly connect him to Longshot because of my passion for Arthur Adams' work and Longshot. The, you know, Domino, her powers, Deadpool, his motivations. Uh, That's why, you know, Marat was my guy in the box with me. He was in the hole, you know, during this entire period, uh, experiencing the stresses, the up ups, the low lows, the high highs. He was there, many, many, many of those lunches especially in the in the fall of 1990 when the decision whether to give the green light to exports was going down were made at those Taco Bell outside we always sit outside cuz there was no indoor seating you you only walked into this taco these old school Taco Bells and this was consistent like I said with all of them in all the cities that I encountered it's not the Taco Bell today the where they're like these glamorous glass buildings and a million seats and benches and no this is again 1990 1989 and we are going outside summer breezes, spring breezes, fall breezes, as we consume our Mountain Dews, our our enchiladas, our, um, oh man, the, the tostada, oh baby, the Mexican pizzas, the whole menu. Marat and I burn through all that stuff all the time. And that is when so much of the stress about will they or won't they, green light, X-Force. And I've got a dedicated also podcast on X-Force that you should listen to that takes you right up through the white knuckle decision because the decision to do X-Force had been turned down three times before it was given the green light. And I, you know, it's always been really funny to me that I was able to successfully wedge it in between the 1990 launch of Spider-Man and the late summer, early fall launch of X-Men. I was able to convince them finally that they should do X-Force and it ended up selling 5 million copies. Not the, oh, I, 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 I think you'll be lucky to do a mil. One mil. Uh, that references Mr. McFarlane when I was, Nervously asking him how he think he, he thought I would do, and just for the heck of it, why not? Bud, what's an X Force? I mean, everyone knows X Men and Wolverine, and, and they know Spider Man, but what's an X Force? I mean, Bud, a mill. You, you, you do a mill, you pat yourself on the back, you've had a good day. Bud, a mill. A mill is good. Try five mil. What? Try five mil. Um, and again, there was, don't give me your, I hear you guys. Spider-Man had four editions of the same cover polybagged, not polybagged, silver I mean there was all manner of different they, they they tricked that out and you guys really should go back through the catalog and and, and, and figure out where all these gimmicks started because I I tell you it was with DC it was with Legends of the Dark Knight and you should check that out. you should absolutely listen to that podcast today a lot of callbacks didn't expect it but there they are. So even the revelation when I finally settled on the fact that I was going to reveal, that, that, that strife was cable, older cable of other version of cable. Even that came down to me discussing all of this with Marat over different lunches. We would then, I said, like I said, generally go and play basketball. And what I mean by play basketball, I mean Marat would dunk on me, shoot on me, and I would just get the exercise of chasing him around because he was the far superior basketball player in every possible way, shape, and form. But it was fun. It was fun having a workout buddy. And uh, that guy, in his prime, Marat was one of the best. Uh, amateur basketball players, one of probably one of the best in the history of comics. He, they used to put together games. They used to they used to ball. They were good. Um, really super fun and great memories uh, with Marat during that time. And so much of it was ding. I, I would do the ding myself if I had that freaking bell Taco Bell. So much so fast food and comics. So when I think of Jim Valentino and when I think of the death of Gene Gray, I'm in a Carl's Jr. 7-Eleven mode. When I think of my time on the new mutants and the beginnings of X-Force, it is all Taco Bell until one day we go just a little bit further, just a little bit further down the road, and we go to a place called Brea's Best. Now, I was gonna save this for the for the last, but I should say like earlier this year, right before Memorial Day. Mr. CB Cevol斯基, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. I've known CB 25 years," said Rob. "I'm going to be out there for the Star Wars celebration, which is a big, giant, huge. You've, you've heard of it? The giant Star Wars, uh, you know, dedicated convention celebration that they have at Jump Cities this year. You know, it's in. It was in Anaheim at at, at the Anaheim Convention Center across from Disneyland. Next year, or the next time in two years, is it? It's it's in England, or maybe it jumps just once every twelve months. But it always try and hops. It's been in Chicago. Uh, it it it's it's jumped. It, I think Anaheim's had it a couple times. Cause come on, I mean, Disney, Disneyland, Disney, Disney owned Star Wars. They're they're gonna they're gonna keep it close to home as often as they can. So, CB informed me that he was coming down. And he said, "Rob, I've heard you talk about the Burger Joint where you created the Image I logo." Ma- could you take me there? And I'm like, I'd, I'd love to. So the EIC of Marvel comics and myself early May, mid May go and visit Brea's best. And we did sit at the same booth that I created the image. Eye logo on a napkin. Now that happened in 1991, uh, before 1992, cause it was late summer 91 that I decided to go this path. And go down this way, and, I, and I've also covered in the creation of image how nobody could make up their mind. And everybody was married and had kids, and everyone was uncertain about the path that they were going to take. Except for Mark Sylvester, he was married, he didn't have kids. Or he was kind of married, not officially married, but had a dedicated, um, you know, uh, a significant other. And uh, I just finally said, I'm doing this. And, and you know, it first was seen in an ad, a double-page ad, full-page, 11 by 17, ad by, in a comic book buyer's guide, which was the comic book newspaper... That everyone bought and it was advertising you know uh, a property called the executioners and that's a story in and of itself but you should read that formation of image comics podcast it'll tell you more give you a lot more info than i'm giving you here because i had to keep moving because we are in fast food comic mode and i am in the full download process with you guys how resonant fast food was with everything that we do lunches are important you know what Pivot. When I went to visit uh, Carl Kiesel, uh, who was inking Hawk and Dove and writing Hawk and Dove in 1987, as I was producing Hawk and Dove, I I flew to New York. He let me stay with him in Connecticut, and we went to the equivalent of like a Subway's, uh, uh, a sandwich joint. And he said that he likes to eat a big lunch that carries him, you know, past dinner. But that lunch was kind of his focal meal. This no less than Carl Kiesel himself. This. I remember driving from his house to this beautiful kind of, uh, you know, area that he had his, that, that he would visit when he had lunch every day. This is how he would get out of the house and how he would, you know, kind of get a breath of fresh air. And again, when you're grinding on a daily basis, you know, lunches and dinners become really the, the, the place where you have your outlet, especially when you are in isolation all day long. And 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 by the time, of course, New Mutants and X-Force had come along, I had gotten my, my he would call himself later, my roll dog, uh, my roll dog in, in, in Morocco michael's but but so again this was something that was like meals and the timing of meals and the consumption of meals and where you ate them and how you ate them and how long you expected them to carry was something that i heard for the first time from carl kiesel and so uh the 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 very big deal that was uh that that was that, that was the creation of the image i logo did absolutely 100 percent happen in real time as i was able to create this logo In this Brea's Best, the great Brea's Best, home of the world's best burgers, definitely the world's best onion rings, is where I would find myself sitting in that booth, not just with Murat, but with our friend Chuck Jones. No, not the Bugs Bunny Chuck Jones. Chuck was, he felt seven foot tall. He felt seven feet tall to me. He would come down. He lived in Compton. He would drive down and regale us with the funniest stories. He would just keep Murat and I in stitches. But he was there. He was witness. As we were like, well, what do we do here? Like, and well, what's the logo? And I just designed that image. eye, drew it on that napkin said, this is gave it that certain curvature. that certain, you know, again, it's different. Is it long? Like a lamppost or is it short? Like, like it still is that image. eye continues to be exactly as I designed it. We came home, put it in a computer, asked our friend Hank to, uh, finalize it. Cause he spoke computer. And generally, you know, when you're standing there and you're, you're, you're working off a, a, a computer, I mean, a, a, a hard sketch of something, and then you're putting it through the system and guiding it, yes, every stage of that, it was original, the image I was originated by me and finalized by me and has gone on to stand the absolute test of time. You know, it's like, it's like taking something and then you scan it and you print it out and you're like, well, boy, I made that. Mm really you had to have the scan first and the scan comes from me and that is the source of the image i logo which was witnessed by murat by chuck i even underneath it wrote image comics so it would be that logo and then and then we played with having it inside that many 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 different napkins were uh many many napkins died to bring you the image comics logo okay we we we, uh we, we were into it so so the thing is that uh you know, we would, you know, start discussing the future of what was going to be the executioners eventually. Youngblood and Brea's best became our new go-to because just I think we had kind of beaten Taco Bell into the freaking ground, and uh, and it was still open. It had it didn't turn into a dedicated you know uh, burger joint for for quite some time. But the uh, the 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 fun of it all is that again, what are we talking about? Where did all this go down? It went to it went out. It went at a fast food, foodie, joint, okay? So, and I was able to show Mr. C.B. Sabalski, talk about image, talk about that di- different period of time, talk about everything that I'm sharing with you guys right now. And then I kind of doodled up a, a mock or a, a facsimile thereof and, and gave it to him. And it was super fun. I mean, I, I gotta be honest. And, and, and C.B., if this ever makes it to you, that was super fun. That was a great opportunity. I, I, I totally needed that. Uh, it was right after my, my son had graduated. It was a great distraction to 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 kick off the summer and and uh visiting with cb and 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 doing that little image eye napkin drawing and again that that's like the movement was born right there in that time because again i'm the only image comic for three months (laughs) i mean and i'm the the only image comics in the catalog for six months it's three months because i was late getting young blood to you but i mean as i've said and you'll find out more i i will always love that i was mr guinea pig okay so we are not done with the fast food yet. I, I was talking to some guys from extreme and they would like, Rob, I think there was like days on end when we got extreme, the, uh, big offices that next to angel stadium still here. I still, again, look at those, uh, you know, that, that 10th floor and how we completely dominated and rocked it. Uh, we would go to Taco Bell and then very, very soon after I became obsessed with El Pollo Loco and then like in 1993 94 el pollo loco did this barbecue chicken sandwich if you can believe this they they were branching off and 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 i forget the what kind of what kind of bread it was on but it was like a, a waffle um bread oh it was so delicious and i remember the guys kind of going are oh, we really having to go with rob to the to the el pollo loco or the taco bell but they were they were generous they were uh that they were committed, and they knew that I had a serious addiction to this crap. I told you I was addicted. I was addicted. My wife was even like, I mean, this addiction ran through the early years of my marriage, and she's like, just tell me we're not going to Taco Bell. <laughs> so uh, I would daily, lunch-wise, it was some sort of Mexican concoction, whether it was fast food Mexican style, Taco Bell or El Pollo Loco. El Pollo Loco, of course, was more of the, you'd watch the, The chicken's being grilled right in front of you. And the thing that I loved about El Pollo Loco over Taco Bell was the rice. But let me tell you, we made the decision to hunt down Stephen Platt at a Taco Bell. We pulled the the, the trigger on deciding which way to go with Alan Moore on Supreme at an El Pollo Loco. I remember this. The important stuff goes down while you're eating the greasy food at the fast food joint. And these are the important parts, okay, of, of 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 comic books and the production of comic books. You know, when I went to New York, when I first got hired in New York, uh, New Mutants, and in, and in, in, uh, I went to New York, and, and Bob Harris. It's actually, it was actually, you know, closer. I went at the beginning, but this this particular time that I'm speaking of was was in between New Mutants ninety eight and one hundred. And I was in New York for a convention, and Bob wanted to take me out to this, you know, Italian joint, and again. New York, Los Angeles, dedicated these these big cities. They have they offer a lot more cool options out here in the suburbs. Um, certainly, I don't live this fast food lifestyle as much as I used to. Um, there are there are a couple different kind of like uh, what I call gourmet uh, options uh, uh, variations on this that that I go to. But you know you go to the big city, they take you out to the cool Italian restaurants. They take you out to the cool you know uh, uh, you know English pubs, but you know, in the suburbs of Orange County, the fastest way to feed your face was El Pollo Loco, was Taco Bell, and hats off to Dan Fraga and Eric Stevenson and Matt Hawkins and Larry Martyr and Marat Michaels. <laughs> Cause they were my they, they were my dedicated fast food crew. Those guys are the guys, the guys that I reached out to, the guys that I texted, the guys that I said, Hey, did you remember any of this stuff? Can you confirm any of this? And they'd be like, Yep, Supreme, yep, uh Steven Platt, yep. And this is the stuff that's going down while we are chomping on the most delicious fried uh, fried options, grilled options at the different fast food joints. So the fast food was uh, part and parcel with every one of our experiences uh, during Extreme Studios because the boss man, me, the guy signing the checks, <laughs> would call lunches every day and I'd be like, we're not going anywhere nice. We're going to where my taste buds are taking me. And again, Mexican pizzas... Good God, I'm so glad they're back. Have you had one? Have you had one? Have you? I I, I know I did this 20 minutes ago, but they are delicious. That meat, whatever they're doing, and you know, okay, you know I, recently one of my wife's friends was telling me how unhealthy and blah 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 Taco Bell and all the look. I, I don't care. Bottom line, whatever seasoning, whatever they've done to disguise the cheap meat, tastes good. Sure, tastes good. Okay, that's all I know. Uh, around the time. That uh, Awesome Comics was launching. Del Taco became my go-to because I believe they had the Gordita. The Gordita at Del Taco. And yes, I can talk to you about the Gordita as as, 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 as passionately as I can. The, the death of Phoenix and the death of Electra. Okay. The Gordita. Now I, I I I am pulling this from my memory, and now I gotta see. If if there really was a gordita at Taco Bell and and, and guys I mean at Del Taco because again this a, a rant this is a radical switch this is a ra- boom the gordita was indeed at Del Taco and it was a much uh, thicker flatbread with kind of a nice you know marinate marinated meat and 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 thick sauce oh I just I just love these this was again uh, there's an a, there's an Evangeline issue that Dan Frega was drawing over my layouts there is a uh that th- there is the issues of rejects that I was doing all of those were being discussed over lunches and I'll tell you why I'm going to tell you the super secret during the gordita era which was about a 6 month per- period in like I want to say 1997 1998 I would go home and pass out because this is when I learned about how the blood rushes you know all throughout the body from the stomach to the brain to the brain to the stomach and creates your food coma because all of that food demands your internal, you know, organs and blood and it and 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 it rushes and you just pass out and I would pass out from the gorditas. Yes, I would pass out. My my wife was like, "You going to sleep?" when I'd come back from having lunch with Dan and I would freaking pass out. And I'd be gone for like 35, 40 minutes. I'm like, whoo, that gordita, that (laughs) that flatbread, that was the new ingredients. Not like a crunchy shell, not like just a standard hamburger bun, thicker, more, more dense bread with all those, you know, the cheese, the, the, the lettuce, the, the, the condiments, the meat. Um, I'd have two of them and I'd be, I'd be good to pass out for sure. 45 minutes every time. And, and so that carries us through that period. I am going to share with you, since I already did the CB Sabolski, this Brea's Best, which is the most recent. I'm going to tell you the last, most potent, most resonant fast food comic book story is in uh, 2020. This is the last um, big uh, big memory that I have of, of, of a comic book guy, that uh, of this... Um, uh, of, of this nature. There was a local convention uh, down here in Santa Ana. And this is January of 2020. Now, there is a, it's called the Yorba Linda Com- Convention. And it was always at the Yorba Linda Chamber of Commerce. And it had been there for, I, I, I want to say almost 20 years. But the guy wanted to grow the show. The, the show had definitely gotten to be elbows and knees and super tight and super contained. CGC would fly out. To this local show not too far from here and they would always have some great bronze age guests they'd have you know howard shaken they'd have ron wilson they had keith pollard they had mike royer i mean they always had a really fun kind of guest from my youth and there was a bunch of a uh, lot of these dealers that you see at the very big shows the harley yees um you know uh the the moon dogs all, all these guys would assemble and have giant, you know, Bronze Age, modern comic, Silver Age, Golden Age. They have CGC there for for your your slabbing purposes, and they always have an artist. Some of the big art dealers were, were going to this place too. It had clearly outgrown the Chamber of Commerce. It was sad, but he had relocated to a hotel adjacent to the uh, a a a a place that is really notable in Southern California called South Coast Plaza. South Coast Plaza is like seen as the most bougie. Uh, most ornate, important mall on the map. And it's really close to Newport Beach, which gives it its, its its bougie center. I think it's technically still Santa Ana before you get to Newport, but he had moved it to a hotel adjacent to the South Coast Plaza and on his guest list for the weekend of... January 25th and 26th of 2020 was Eric Larson. So I love Eric Larson. I have watched Eric Larson devour giant, you know, giant pieces of meat, whether it's ribs, chicken, or in this case, a, a, a four stack quadruple patty in and out. So the night before the show, he had come in and I had arranged that I would drive down and I would meet him and we go out to, you know, dinner and just hang out and talk. And he said, "I could I could do In and Out." Now, In and Out is a Southern California delicacy. It's a Southern California, you know, pride and joy. It's branched off. It they opened an In and Out in 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 Waco, Texas, where my son attended college for four years. And he was like showing me pictures of the line a couple of years ago. Because again, I was just in Texas. Uh, I, I had to do a makeup date that because I I, I had to cancel some of the dates doing during because my mom had passed, and it was the last date, and it was the, the, the one that was almost a day, like it was two days from when my son graduated here last spring, and, it was, and, and of course my, my mother passed away, and so I had to actually end a signing I had in Dallas when I got this news, and of course immediately contact the Austin store that I wasn't going to make it. Well, I wanted to make it up to them, so I went out um, m- later in June to make it up to this store in Austin, and the uber driver that picked myself and, and my buddy up from the hotel after we landed the night before the signing we wanted to go to this very specific kind of uh, food row i forget the the street you guys are all the, the, everyone in austin knows what it is but uh you know the first thing when when when, when the guy who picks us up he's like a he's, he's like a 26 year old guy it, it, really super funny had a, had an awesome mellet mullet not mullet, he had a, he had an awesome mullet, he was decisively metal um he had his kind of trucker's hat on he was really big personality but a younger guy we hop in he's like where, he's, where are you guys headed we're, we're hungry we, we're, we're feeling like we want to go grab a burger and just like so many texans this is what comes next you had whataburger you had whataburger some of them say it as if it sounds like water burger you got you got a water whataburger? whataburger okay i like whataburger i had it in early may when we were in houston I've had it in San Antonio. I've had Whataburger, okay? Um, I I like it. I, I just don't love it. But if you don't love it, these Texas people, it is my, it has been my, <laughs> uh, it, you know, interaction and in my experience that they will let you have it. And I'm saying it with a smile on my face. This is not, this, these aren't fighting words. Some of you on the convention floors or at the stores, we've had fights over it, like verbal altercations. And then they go, well, what do you like? And I'm like, well, I'm an In-N-Out. Now that In-N-Out is in Texas, they're like, In-N-Out sucks. Or this guy actually said, you know what, In-N-Out's pretty good. It's it's up there. This, this guy who was really pushing us on Whataburger. But again, I don't know this guy, but the first thing we're talking about is we're talking about fast food because this is the fast food comics episode of Rob Observations and we are going to keep leaning all the way into this Whataburger okay so so yeah I didn't I didn't you know but but when we were in Houston that night we had landed so late we needed to eat my buddy Dave and I we went to the only Whataburger that was open past midnight you know sat in there it was a good burger good fries we got a chicken sandwich too okay fast food you know pounded that in Went back, slept really good, got up the next day to, to, to have 500 people at my signing, you know, at Bedrock City Comics, you know, in Houston. It was crazy. But again, uh, and then what, what we, what we <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the fun thing that we did that night, again, was that we went and uh, uh, me and my buddies who came out and visited me at that Houston signing, we went to a uh, really fun uh taco place that that maybe some of you guys have heard of but it's called Torchies Torchies tacos you get fried chicken tacos you get all manner of crazy tacos but i would i would put it under the fast food label but they're like let's go to torchies let's go to torchies once again just pounding home how resonant all this fast food stuff is with you but with the Eric Larson of it all, with the, you know, where do you want to go? And he's like, well, let's go to In-N-Out. Let's go to In-N-Out. This is on January 25th where I pick him up, and it is immediately, you know, something that he is saying he's craving. And, and, and again, I told you that whole I detoured to Austin because, like, again, they have them now in Texas, and they're not as popular, but we know them here in Southern California as just the the, the best. It, it is a really super popular um, hamburger joint and and then some people go well I don't like the fries well I I really I really do like the fries and you know the very first Heroes Con the only Heroes Con I ever went to we had heard about this place called Five Guys and they had one in North Carolina and Marat and I after the show went to Five Guys so what is it about the fast food that keeps coming up but January 25th getting back to the capper of this entire episode I pick up my buddy, Eric Larson. I love Eric Larson. Eric Larson has been on the show. I interviewed him last year. You should listen to that interview. It's great. It's fun. Um, I try to you know, really get inside Eric's mind in terms of process and inspiration and, and shared time together. I picked up Eric, and he's like, let's do an In-N-Out, and I park. And, and this is a Saturday night in Santa Ana in Orange County in January, and you are in a highly, I mean highly trafficked area. And we were lucky to get a two-top. In that In N Out, Eric and I did, and it was packed with young people, as you can imagine. You know, college kids, high school kids, it's a weekend, and uh it was beautiful weather. Beautiful weather that day, the next following day, but things are gonna there's a reason this is so resonant to me. Eric and I sat there and I watched him eat a four-patty, four cheese. Burgers, whatever they call it—a quadruple, a double, 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 whatever it was—it was enormous. I—I I, I felt like I kept looking for the hinges on his jaw to unhook and unlatch, so that he could expand his mouth and and go, and engulf the entire hamburger. But I mean, it—this guy knows how to eat. He'll tell you—he he, this is not something he shies away from. He knows how to eat, and he unhinged that jaw and and put a dent in that. Double, 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 whatever, quadruple. Again, I know there's a name for it. I'm not catching it tonight it, it, uh, on this podcast with you guys. But I, if m- my son was here, he would tell you. He's like, Dad, I have that. So four, four patties, fries, a drink. Eric devours it. And we talked for three hours. We talked about... Uh, the Bronze Age. We talked about inkers, embellishers, pen, pencilers modern comics. We talked about Mark. We talked about Todd. We talked about Jim. We talked about Wills. We just caught up. We had the very, very best time. And uh, started in his hotel room, went down, got in my car, took him to In-N-Out, killed the time, went back, continued to talk. And then it was like, well, he's got a show to do. He's a guest. And I'm going to come as a... As as, as you know, an attendee because I just like attending and looking at the comics. Well, I got there the next day around 930 and I was having a meeting with Chris Ryle, who was the editor in chief or maybe I think he was the publisher of, uh, of IDW at the time to further discuss the Snake Eyes miniseries that I was going I was I was going to do for them that I had already kind of preliminary pre- preliminarily started and was showing him some pages and so we we kind of had a pre-convention opening meeting chris was there early to attend as well because he would come down for these things because he was in san diego but he had come up from san diego used to come up for the york belinda now it's in santa Ana, so so he's attending and then i feel like it's time for me to go in to the show and i had made my way inside i saw eric's table he had a nice long line of fans who were waiting to get their book signed. Eric had not been in Southern California the longest time, so the reception for him was fantastic. And then I get a uh, notice from my son who's calling me from Texas and said, Dad, is it true? Is it true? Did Kobe die? Is Kobe Bryant dead? And man, it, it I got the same goosebumps that I just got telling you over the mic. And I went, what? And you guys have known there is nobody... That I have loved more in sports than Kobe Bryant. You you can give me all your bullshit about how you don't like him. He'll always be my favorite athlete of all time. My favorite Laker. Uh, took my breath away. Uh, just loved his work ethic. Loved that he was um, derided by critics. And never let it get him down. Only became better. Only refined himself. He inspired me. I've, I've shared on this show how meeting him. How when I my son told me that he followed me on Twitter in twenty. 13 and I was like what and I started talking to him and then I eventually got to meet Kobe and it was one of the highlights of my career and on Oscar night to hang out with him and 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 have him share his Academy Award with me at the Vanity Fair party was like just mind blowing so love this guy just one of uh, 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 somebody I got to know somebody who I adored admired and my sons who were raised in a Laker house had known too and. My other buddies who are meeting me there were walking up to me behind me as I'm looking at this, and they they said, hey, Rob, there's news that Kobe Bryant died. He went down in a helicopter crash. And my head is spinning, and my son is upset because, again, his first Laker game that I ever took him to, Kobe Bryant was playing the Dallas Mavericks. It was in at Staples Center. It was for his birthday. So, again, we're a Laker family. And uh, I made it about 10 feet into the show, and I was just out of sorts and i was like overwhelmed and waiting for a confirmation and there it was i looked down at my phone kobe bryant confirmed dead uh january 26th 2020. i went and i found eric and i said hey man i'm heading home i i can't be here right now i'm super upset and my son was blowing up my phone and again you know what was a buddy of mine a vendor of mine said you're really leaving this because Kobe Bryant died, And I'm like, I understand you're not a Laker fan, sir. And that's fine. I am. I'm leaving. And so I said to Eric and I drove home and I sat on the couch and like most of at least Angelino's I watched for the next, you know, 15 hours, the coverage, the news. And, uh, I just am so thankful that I had that night that Eric and I went and sat in that corner booth, uh, that two top at, 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 uh, you know, in Santa Ana at In-N-Out, and I watched him consume as he has been known to consume, and we just had great laughs. We talked inkers, we talked colorists, we talked writers. It was rich, it was great. And what was it all centered around? Fast food. Okay, I could tell you about different, you know, Chinese food joints that that I started taking to buffets, you know, uh, all the different, you know, Japanese restaurants. But today. Really, the dominant, the dominant franchises that you should thank me are Carl's Jr., Hardee's, slash Hardee's, wherever you live, uh, Taco Bell, Del Taco, and In n Out Burger. And uh, let's not kid ourselves; fast food's a big deal, whether we like it or not. We all partake in it. Some of us more than others. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's it's a source of so many memories for me getting together with Jim Valentino, reading the death of Jean Grey, Korvac in the Avengers, you know, deciding to get a studio with Jim, uh, uh, creating all of those crazy new mutant storylines and, and using Marat as my, you know, as my, uh, you know, my sounding board. Bray is best. Bray is best. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I brought the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics just three months ago to Bray's best to relive, like to, to to reenact a big moment, creating the image logo, creating all the original juice for Image Comics. So just figured, based on the fact that that website got the shade from the other bougie website at the time, and now that website that got the shade has gone on to become the premier website uh, in, in in pop culture and, and is so ridiculously highly trafficked, you wouldn't even believe if you saw the numbers, your, your face would break. Uh, I just figured that, uh, you know, what would happen, obviously was when I discussed the fried chicken sandwich and I will give the fried chicken sandwich one little uh shout out here it was when it was the week that, that this is the extra addendum and this is absolutely you can check the dates on this the week that Popeyes released their fried chicken sandwich that had people standing out the line and I was there I was there uh in Anaheim in the only Popeyes that was near us at the time now because of this popular this fried chicken sandwich. They've opened Popeyes all over Orange County, but at the time, on State College, Anaheim. Those of you who live here know exactly what I'm talking about. No drive-through component. Only, you know, walk. Uh, only, only wait in line. You know, uh, very small dining room. Line out the door. I was hearing about this Popeyes fried chicken sandwich and how it was selling out and how it was hours to wait for it and the demand and and it was what caused me to drive there in the first place was when Sony announced that they would not be releasing Tom Holland to Marvel for their movies post-Endgame anymore. And it closed through everything into turmoil in the summer of 2019. And if you remember that, it was very tense for about six, seven weeks as Sony was like, we're not loaning him out. All the appearances are, are contractually, you know, spoken for. And Tom Holland was like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do because Tom Holland was, and the Spider-Man movies are the dominion of Sony – even though the deal that they cut between the Garfield and the Holland movies was to give Marvel, you know, obviously producing um, credits and and responsibilities alongside Sony as they would then introduce the Tom Holland Spider-Man in Civil War and and then they would come on and co-produce these movies. But it put No Way Home in doubt and it threw everything and it was while I was reading also headlines and getting in my car to go chase... That Popeye's chicken sandwich, and I remember retweeting stuff about the Tom Holland di- dilemma as I am in line for the Popeye's chicken sandwich. So that, so we gave the fried chicken sandwich, it's it's due. Clyde's is if you have a Clyde's, they're coming on strong. Clyde's chicken, Clyde's fried chicken sandwich are, are coming. They're opening more and more locations here in Southern California. They're amazing. It is my absolute favorite. But if you are a friend of mine, you have been with uh, the, the the fried chicken sandwiches are my new obsession, but they don't have the same history yet as all the stuff that I have shared with you today. Guys, I am so happy we did this. This was the funnest episode I ever did. I tasted each and every one of these. The gordita is still melting in my mouth and I'm about to to, to crash from the food coma that is that is that is brought on as a result of that very, very dense flat bread. Um, you guys know that at the end of every show, we share with you your reviews. You guys leave these generous reviews for me on all the different platforms, and I share them with you here. Uh, Many of you guys have given us five stars. It is the way that you have spread our word of mouth. I love and thank you for when you leave these because they help elevate our platform in a way that you don't even know. I didn't know this until the second season, but I had heard this, and so I started promoting it, and that's when I started to read your reviews on air. And today, I am going to share with you one that really touched me, that is really sweet, uh, that comes to me from... Uh, Daniel Gray, Daniel Gray wrote, and I share with you guys. And again, when you send or leave these reviews from me on Apple or, or all the different platforms, I read them at the end of every show. I give you the shout out because I appreciate what you guys, uh, leave. This one's just called, Hey Rob, it's from Daniel Gray. It says, Hey Rob, I am a huge fan of Neil Adams and wound up becoming a family friend. Marilyn and Neil would always have me sit with them at comic cons and I would end up going out To dinner with them after. Anyway, I have been listening to podcasts about Neil Adams and I came across yours. I can't believe I had not listened to your podcast before this. I've spent the last few days enjoying your show as I work. I love comics. I love comic book history. And we are roughly the same age. So sometimes it is like going back in time. I am an advertising creative director. Doing TV commercials, print ads, etc. So I have taken a lot from what I have learned in comic books for storyboarding, etc. And then he puts in parentheses, Neil again. I've even had uh, the pleasure of hiring Neil Adams for comps and a beautiful finished ad that ran in the communication arts. He was really proud of that one. Anyway, just wanted to let you know how much I love your show. Keep up the great work in comics and keep up the podcast. Daniel Gray. Daniel, thank you. If you are listening, thank you so much for sending me that amazing message and, and writing that, and uh, you 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 know how much I love Neil. Uh, I, I again, I'm so glad you listened to the Neil tributes and, and this this podcast from day one across all four seasons has always celebrated, marked him as a Mount Rushmore level talent in the comic book world. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you for that review. Again, you guys leave them, I read them, and uh, and we appreciate them so much. We appreciate how you guys are spreading the word. Uh, this, this 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 podcast is really surging. And I just, I know, um, it's just, it's, it's, um, I guess, you know, hit, hit some and sort of nerve I've shared with you guys at San Diego, different people from the from the vice president of Hot Wheels, the vice president of Mattel, the, the, the guys that run heritage auctions, they're telling me that they are, are the reasons they like the show. And again, I listen, I try and give you guys, you know, the stuff that you like. I hope today, the fast food one. I hope it I hope it touched a nerve. I hope you can relate. I hope you tasted some of those crispy fries in your mouth. I hope you enjoyed it. You guys, I am on social media. I am at Robert Liefeld over on Twitter. The whole R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I have a blue check. It tells you it's really me. I love reading your mentions, your comments, your interactions with me. Thank you so much for talking to me on that um on that platform. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. Just the shorter version: R-O-B-L-I-E-F-E-L D. Also, I have a blue check there. It tells you that I am really me. I love reading your comments, your um, messaging, uh, all of the different ways that you guys uh, communicate with me through both Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much. At Robert Lifeld on Twitter, at Rob Liefeld on Instagram. We have some groups on Facebook you should know of. I have a Facebook page, a Facebook group called Rob Liefeld. An Extreme Group. That's exactly what it's called, An Extreme Group. It, se- it separates it from the other Rob Liefeld groups. This one is run by myself and a gentleman named Terry Sala. He is the administrator. You will get clicked in by one of us. Your post will, will get approved by one of us. That's why you know and how you know you came to the right place. We have a great assortment of fans. Uh, there's drawing contests. They're sharing art. Um, we're, we're sharing all the stuff that we we, we collect. And and look, bottom line, because I've had uh, the enormity of my career and worked on so many various different characters drawn even if it was just a backup story Superman you know uh drawn deathstroke obviously Deadpool X X-force the Avengers Captain America Iron Man uh Spider-man so many different characters including all of my own creator own stuff we share it we talk about it we discuss it over there Rob Leifeld an extreme group you should check it out uh we have a dedicated page for this podcast called Rob observations with Rob Leifeld hit the like button. Leave a comment. I will find it. I will find you. I will um, react. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. This is the part of the show where I encourage you guys. And I give you your affirmation to take a minute for yourself. Read a great comic. Go to the comic store. I did that last night. Haven't done that in a long time. Had such a blast talking comics with other people. Complete strangers in the store and a really great clerk who turned me on to some new stuff. And I came home and I just enjoyed those comics and I let them kind of wash over me and carry my imagination. And I might have had a cupcake uh, from from a really nice gourmet cupcake place around here. And you're like, Liefeld, your diet is not part of our discussion today. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a healthy eater. I am not. My kids are like, Dad, you don't eat enough greens. Okay, so. Take time, watch a cool show, look at all the cool shows. There's The Boys, there's Paper Girls, there's The Last Season of Walking Dead, there's all these great movies. There's so much at our fingertips that we can just chill out, check out, relax, feed your mental self, your emotional self, your physical self, and uh, your spiritual self. Those are those are honestly the four components that really, uh, I think, will carry you through all of the crazy times that we are living in. So I am rooting for you, I am pulling for you, don't miss me, I will be here the next time. Swing on through the cul-de-sac and 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 and, and, and g- give me a stop cuz cuz I'll be here and we will most certainly talk again real soon. <laughs>